What's up? It's episode 102, Pain Points of Wealth, and tech is dead. Our prophecy has come true. We've warned you about tech for a long time. Meanwhile, markets are rallying hard here, and the economy is actually growing, despite what all those economists have been telling you. What is this just a big fake out? Is this a bear market rally? Are we going to a big recession next year? Well, we're going to give you our two cents on that today. We're going to tell you exactly how to play all the market moves, how to look at the economy right now correctly. And we're going to talk about financial planning, physical training. What do they have in common? We got a great, great show. Check it out. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Pain Points of Wealth, the podcast that addresses the pain points that come with creating, growing, and sustaining your wealth, giving you a multi-generational perspective from three pains in a pod. Bob Payne, the boomer, Chris Payne, the millennial, and Ryan Payne, the generation somewhere in between. You know, guys, I'm getting really tired of hearing from everyone that things have never been this bad. Things are so bad, it can only get worse. And I want to find out who that guy or that gal on TV said this. For example, first two quarters of GDP this year were negative. So that guy or that gal told us we're in a recession. I want to see what those people have to say now that we just had a 2.6% positive GDP for the quarter. Are we now out of a recession? Meanwhile, we didn't have an inversion of the yield curve that typically is a precursor to a recession. We did have a slight, just a very slight inversion on the 30-month to the 10-year. Didn't last very long, but you know, what's the market telling us? That's the problem. Market doesn't speak, right? The, you know, the market just does what it does. It doesn't follow the news. It makes the news. And these people that are on television or they're on the internet that are giving people this news, I just wish we could hold them accountable and make them recant when they're always wrong. Yeah. Well, it's funny you said that because I saw a statistic today that two-thirds of economists believe we're going to go into a recession in the next 24 months. That's two years. Sometime, that's like saying sometime we believe in the future somewhere we're going to have a recession. Well, gee, thanks. That's real helpful. And it's amazing how quickly these economists that were warning us these dire warnings about recession, economy is going to fall off a cliff, demand destruction, all of a sudden have to change their tune so quickly. And I'm always suspect when everyone believes the same thing's going to happen, it typically doesn't. Well, I have a prediction. I predict that over time, the market will be higher in the future than it is today and will experience some volatility. So there, you heard it here first. God, I hate you, Chris, when you go out on a limb. It just really drives me nuts. Chris could be an economist. <laughs> yeah. I think markets are going to be very volatile in the next couple of months. That's my prediction. No wonder you're a great financial advisor. Your advice is just so prescient. It's a hundred year prospect. But here's the thing, guys. People wonder, why don't we buy individual stocks? Why don't you speculate on individual stocks? Because when people do speculate on individual stocks, what stocks are they? It's Google. It's Amazon. It's Meta. It used to be Facebook. Boy, I bet you the people own Meta wish it was still Facebook. You know, it's advanced micro devices, it's Intel. You know, they don't speculate in companies like JP Morgan or Eaton or General Dynamics or Lockheed Martin. These are all companies like Coca-Cola, Pepsi, that are coming out with terrific earnings. Stocks are up, they're increasing their dividend. Exxon just blew their earnings out. Stocks near an all-time record high. They just increased their dividend. There's a lot of different companies to invest in. That's why we don't limit ourselves to one or two names. Well, you know, it's almost like the average investor goes out and says, you know what? I don't like that stock. It's trading way too cheap. I really want it to go up like to a huge premium before I buy it. Well, you're seeing that now, right? Because I mean, everybody was overweight, mega cap tech stocks. What do you mean were, right? 
were. That's right. That's right. They're not mega cap anymore. They're still pretty big. And you know, if you look at the S and P five hundred, it counts for like something like twenty five percent of the entire weighting is only like six or seven stocks. And that's the problem, right? The S and P is so grossly overweighted tech that you're not really benefiting from this rally. What blew my mind looking at the numbers this past week is value. Old school boring stocks, like you said, JP Morgan, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, you get a whole index of those stocks. It's only down like 5%, but tech growth stocks are down 30%. That's a 25% spread, which tells you right now, it's not about being in or out of the market. It's about having the right portfolio because if you're diversified right now, you're not down that much this year. And that's the whole point. You got to spread your risk out. And I think what the overall market's telling you is, well, some parts of the economy aren't doing great like tech, but some parts of the economy are doing really, really well. It's like these rolling recessions, Bob, that you always talk about. It's not like an all or none proposition because the market's made up of lots of different sectors, not just tech. Well, in all fairness, guys, you know, our, the only portfolios that I see that are truly diversified are our own, our clients. What I meant by were, Rye, is that every new prospective client's portfolio we review is still overweight, either in large company technology stocks or mid-company technology stocks, they're still overweight those areas. Now, they've been, they were great performers for the last 15 years. They're not this year, but unfortunately, as something goes up in value, and in price rather, it doesn't become more valuable. It becomes less valuable. And that's what you're seeing right now is a valuation adjustment. The price earnings ratio in large company growth stocks was 38 times forward earnings. And I don't want to get too wonky here, but now it's down to 21. And the companies are still the same. It says, wow, nobody's willing to pay up for those earnings like they were before. They're actually not the same, Dad. The other night we had a, uh, an, a pain capital event, and I was talking to two of our clients that work for a very large social media conglomerate. I'm not going to say who. And they were telling me that things have gotten really bad there and the fact that they don't have a free lunch anymore. So they've cut things back at those places. But, you know, I got to thinking, I'm like, you know what, Dad? We don't get free lunch at pain capital ever. So I don't know if you guys are stingy or just really smart. No, it's the old adage, Chris. There's no free lunch when it comes to investing, especially if you work at Payne Capital. No, you know that's a bad sign when they get rid of the catered lunches. And it's funny, you know, these big companies like Facebook, Google, they start to look like just old school, big conglomerates that become very bureaucratic the bigger they get. You know, Bob, as you like to say, trees don't grow to the sky. And it kind of makes sense on a lot of levels, right? We talk about the equity risk premium, which is a fancy way of saying right now, well, if I can get 4% on a treasury, which you're taking really no risk, well, you know, you've got to lower your price on those big tech stocks to make it worth my while because I can get a pretty nice return without any risk now. That's number one. But number two is it's all about creative destruction. And you, know, you have this rise of TikTok now. And if you've ever been on TikTok, it's like the craziest drug ever. You just scroll and scroll and scroll and see short videos. And now all of a sudden, YouTube has to do the same thing. Instagram has to do the same thing. And the advertising revenue is not as good. So you've got higher competition. You know, their prices have to come down because the risk-free rate's higher now. It's just like in every industry, every sector, you know, nothing lasts forever. And I think that's a really good lesson. Well, I think the one thing I want to remind everyone about today is that my old expression is we make all of our money in bear markets, which sounds kind of counterintuitive, right? We're having the worst year in 100 years in a conservative balanced portfolio. But it's really good what's going on right now because stocks are cheaper, right? We're reinvesting our dividends and interest at lower valuations. Bonds are down, which has been the hardest part of this year. It's been the worst bond market in history, guys, the worst. And what's happening, however, is coupons are up. So as our bonds come due, as we trade out of the bonds with a lower interest rate, as they start to roll down in maturity, we're going to be compounding our clients' money at a higher rate of return. So it's so hard when things are bad to tell everybody it's so good. But without these types of periods, 
you know, you can't achieve your financial goals. And, you know, so we're almost, we're close to the end, I believe. I think the Fed's getting close to pausing. I think we're going to start to see, well, we're already seeing a good market. Believe it or not, guys, we were 28,000 four weeks ago. We're 32,000. And for the record, we were pretty bullish back then. So take that with a grain of salt. But, you know, I think the point here is, you're right, Dad, it's kind of like, when in the darkest hours right before the dawn and you need these down markets, it's great for compounding because now your dividends, your interest payments are buying in cheaper. And it's hard to think about that psychologically when all the news is so bad, but it's amazing how things can turn on a dime. And that's something we've talked about week after week is sentiment. Everyone's viewpoint can literally change overnight. And then they pretend like they never had their other viewpoint before that. It's like the greatest reality distortion field, but you can't get sucked into that, right? You have to focus on your goals. And you have to focus on the fact that like everything reverts to the mean, right? Growth stocks are trading way above where they do historically. So that's coming down. And value stocks like international right now are trading well below, specifically international stocks where they have been for the last like, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 years. So that's probably a screaming buy right now. You know, you've got to exploit the fact that everything comes back to its mean eventually. And when it's out of whack, that's like a great opportunity. Well, you know, Ryan, I was watching a, somebody on the other day you were with months and months ago. And he said, you know, that guy, Ryan Payne said cryptocurrencies weren't a good thing. And now good news is we're only down 60%. So he was wrong. It didn't go to zero. Now you can swap out of it down 60% into some other crappy cryptocurrency and still be in the game. Like, wow, he was so excited that you were wrong. I don't know. Down 60% sounds you were right. <laughs> no, Bob, I'm playing the long game, man. Come on. Bitcoin's going to be at 80,000 in the next two years. And you don't get fooled by common sense and you know, buying real assets versus fake assets, you know, ignore all that, Bob. You know, this is just a, this is a blip on the radar screen. Who wants hundreds of thousands of dollars of cash flow while you're waiting for the markets to recover? I'd rather be in something that's down, stays down, depresses me, doesn't pay anything, and has a high probability going to zero. Doesn't your new slogan, sell Bitcoin, buy Bobcoin? Absolutely, Chris. You know, it's a, I can't imagine why anybody wouldn't want a Bobcoin on their wall. From bit to Bob. I think that's the new expression. <laughs> well, I'll tell you guys, it's been a really tough year really has. I mean, it's, um, you know, you have clients who are conservative. Most of our clients are conservative and wondering, how can I be down with a conservative portfolio? Thank goodness we own high quality bonds that the worst you'll ever do is get your money back with interest. It's still hard to see it down month to month, but you know what? We start to see a turn the last couple of weeks and, you know, the, uh, we're coming up to the midterms. Historically, the midterms have been a great time for the markets. I don't think this is going to be any different. I'm looking forward to next year. Can't wait till this year's over. So far, I'm not too unhappy. Hey, and go Phillies. And go Phillies. Hey, hope you're enjoying episode 102, Pain Points of Wealth. If you like our podcast, love our podcast, please give us a like. Everything you hear on this podcast, along with some due diligence of your own, can help you get ahead financially, literally at any stage of your journey. But if you've saved over a million dollars and you want a more hands-on approach, you want to get a full review, every week we run our total financial master plan if you qualify at no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. No other firm out there will do this work up front. We literally build you your own personalized financial portal. We do a full income analysis, figure out where you are with your financial independence. We look at your expenses. We figure out what you should be saving on an annual basis. We look at taxes. Are you optimizing your portfolio for taxes? It's not what you make, it's what you take. We give you our full tax playbook. We do a full diversification analysis. We'll go through every single investment you own. We'll look at where your risk is, where the hidden risk is in your portfolio. If you're sitting in cash earning nothing, while inflation's at a 40-year high, we'll put together a full investment game plan, show you how to grow your money, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. We'll do a deep dive of every investment, show you where the hidden costs are, 
show you where you're not optimizing taxes, then we'll tie it all together and do one total financial master plan. Again, if you saved over a million dollars for your retirement plan, simply go to www.paincm.com slash financial plan to see if you qualify for a free financial review. All right, it's the tipping point. This is where we pinpoint the pain point. Of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E, having the biggest impact on your wealth right now. And Bob and Chris, you know, there's a lot of principles that we can apply from the fitness world to your retirement or financial independence plan. What we found is with our boutique firm, Pain Capital Management, you know, a lot of our role as financial advisors is really like being like a personal financial trainer. So I thought we could talk about how, you know, it's kind of parallels or synonymous when it comes to your finances, having a personal trainer. Have you guys ever noticed that investing is a lot like dieting? There's always like these fads, like there was the paleo diet, there was the keto diet, the South Beach diet, the Atkins diet, like a lot of stuff you don't hear about anymore. Well, the same thing goes to investing. It's like the last 10 years, everybody wanted to be in Bitcoin and big tech, and that's not benefiting them now. It's kind of like you got to find what works for you. Well, Chris, you know, I miss those diets. There was that one back when I was your age where all you had to do was eat bacon and steak, and all my buddies were in, and we loved it, but it turned out it wasn't such a good idea. Really? I mean, come on. The health benefits have to be endless with that. You know, the other thing too is I think what's kind of problematic is just with the, the amount of information out there with the internet now and the web, and you can get so much different advice. It's all conflicting. It's almost like paralysis by analysis, right? You get too much information. It's an information overdrive. And I think the same thing happens with dieting, with fitness programs. And at the end of the day, there's a lot of ways to cut a cake. You know, there's no perfect way. Like we have a great philosophy process we use. It works. But I think the point here is stick to one. Don't have like many cooks in the kitchen. And I think that's where a lot of investors get it wrong is they like try too many different things, find one system, stick to it. That's how you get results. Well, I'll tell you, the, the similarities are really remarkable. You definitely work out better when you have a personal trainer. You get in shape faster. You have less injury because they get you to focus on every part of your body and you know, not just, and they don't limit you to what you would limit yourself to. And that's what happens when you're investing. Well, I'm not going to invest in that area because I lost money there once. Or, you know, I'm a brave investor. I'm going to roll the dice and go 100% in crypto or the ARC fund. You make a lot of mistakes because you don't know what you don't know. And I think you're right about the internet, right? The internet, there is no wisdom on the internet. It's lots of information. And a lot of do-it-yourselfers who underperform, people who have an advisor, end up overtrading themselves because it's illogical not to act on information. It really is. And I think the other problem is when you're a do-it-yourselfer, which, you know, look, if you're involved in investing, you love it and you're really focused on it, I think that's great. But it's kind of like I use a personal trainer and I always use this analogy as like, this is all my personal trainer thinks about all the time or like new or different ways to work out. Like I've been working with the same guy since I was in my 20s. And over the last two decades, you know, really it's continually had to be adjusted because we have new information about like fitness and what works and doesn't work. Your body's always changing. And you have to keep adapting and you have somebody who's always on the forefront, always thinking about like, what's the newest, best way to do things. And it's kind of the same thing, you know, in our profession is we're always thinking about what else could we be doing, you know, and there's always things that you're going to miss. You're going to blind spots if this isn't what you do all day. And that one little tweak that you don't know about can be that big game changer that really has a dramatic effect on your financial situation. And it's just impossible to do that if it's not like your full-time job. Yeah, it definitely helps to work with somebody who's an expert at this, but it's also helpful to have somebody to keep you focused on your goals. Like, so, you know, when it comes to working out, the whole goal at the end of the day is to get in great shape and also build strength. And the same thing goes with investing. You're trying to build wealth over a long period of time. But, you know, sometimes, especially like when the market's down, you know, that's the best time to invest money. And it's hard to say like, okay, I'm going to put this money in and feel good about it. The same thing comes when you're working out. 
like getting out of bed in the morning and having to go out for that five mile run, you know, it's hard to think about how you're going to look in three years. You got to have something that drives you short term. Like I know that when I get up in the morning, I don't think about losing weight. I think about how it's going to make me feel and how it's going to start my day. You know, you're absolutely right, Chris. It's like working out and investing. It's emotional, right? Some days you just don't feel like it, right? You're just like, ah, oh, you know what? I'm tired. I'm going to skip a day. It won't have a big impact, right? I'm still going to achieve my goals. And same thing happens with investing. Wait, oh, it's a bear market. Everybody's done this, right? In a bear market. Oh, I'm just going to stop looking at my statements or I'm going to stop contributing to my 401k until things get better. I'm not going to put that money to work. I'm going to sit in cash until I get the, until the bell rings. So by having an advisor, it forces you to do the right things when the right thing is the right thing to do. And it doesn't always feel good. And it doesn't always feel good to work out when you're tired or sick. But having a trainer, having a financial advisor makes you accountable. And at the end of the day, that's really what it takes. That's a great point because this year is the perfect example of that, right? This year, it'd be so easy to sell out of your portfolio, go to the sidelines. I mean, there's all the allure now of like, I can get a 4% CD and I can just sit in that for two years. But, you know, it's almost like, yeah, I always look at that analogy. It's like you're reaching for that chocolate cake because it'll taste and feel so good right now. But you're certainly not going to get to your goals later when you're just eating like chocolate cake all day. So you need someone to slap your hand away and say, no, look, we got to focus on the long term because the long game is you still want to be in your longer term portfolio because conditions are going to change. You know, I always say like interest rates could come down a little bit. So if you're getting 4% right now on a CD, it comes due and now all of a sudden rates are 3%. Well, you're going to be pretty bummed out that you didn't lock in longer term on some other money. And the market at some point turns on a dime. You miss that rally because you took all your money out of the market and put it into the CD. So I think that's really what it's about. It's about correcting behavior because we all have bad behavior when it comes to investing, right? I mean, it's just so emotional. And you know, if you don't have strict discipline in place and you can't keep your eye on the prize, well, you're never going to make it. And that's why most investors fail. The reality of it is most retail investors don't achieve their goals. They don't stay invested. They don't stay disciplined. And that's what it takes to actually achieve your financial goals. Hey, Dad, I think Ryan just came up with a great new fad diet. I think it's called the chocolate cake diet. What do you guys think? I think so, Chris. I think you guys are both right, Chris. Like you said at the head, you know, people like to focus on fads, right? So how many times did you have Clients call you this year and say, hey, my buddy just retired. He had all his money in cryptocurrency. Why don't we invest in that? Right. So when there's, you slap their hand away, right? So, you know, if I had my trainer back in the 80s and said, hey, what about this bacon steak diet? He'd slap my hand and say, no, you, you can't do that. It's not good for you. Just like investing in fads is not a good thing. And just like people that go to the casino, I don't know anyone who ever loses. I've never met a gambler who loses. Meanwhile, they keep putting marble into the walls of these brand new casinos. The problem is, you don't understand the implications of these fads because your focus is on your life, not on your portfolio. That's why you need a personal trainer to help you to achieve your fitness goals. And you need a financial advisor to achieve those lifetime income and retirement goals. Well, it's kind of like you want to look at things weird way in a vacuum, right? You want to look at what your, your goals, not your neighbor's goals, your friends at the country club. You know, when you go to that cocktail party, you, know, you have to look at it just in isolation. Like, okay, this is the money I have. This is the growth that I need on my money. So I can live off of X amount a year. And that's what's going to make me happy. Because once you start to divert from that, and I feel like that happens too when the market goes way up, all of a sudden, like, well, all of a sudden I'm at, you know, a couple million bucks. Well, how do I double that from here? And how do I triple that from here? Right? You get the greed effect when markets are going higher, when meanwhile you should be reducing risk. Because if you have a really good year in the market, you're ahead of your goals. Well, the idea there is well, you can dial back dramatically on your risk. And vice versa now, while the markets are down so critical that you stay invested so that you can make sure that you get to those goals that you have and you can live off what you need to live off in the future because of inflation. 
So, you know, I think you really have to put blinders on and focus on your own situation because it's just so alluring with the media, your friends, your family and what they're doing. And it can really screw up your goals by getting sucked into that kind of like that trap. Right. I really like that analogy of the vacuum because you know the thing sucks, but it still keeps you focused on your long-term goals. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I saw this a lot, guys, growing up in the industry with baby boomers. Baby boomers, like, but I, I remember doing my initial financial plans. And it wasn't so much like, Bob, am I on track to achieve my goals? It was like, well, how am I doing versus other people my age? Am I in ahead? Am I in tied? Am I in last? I mean, it's almost like a competitive sport sometimes. And I think that comes down to the rule of scarcity, right? Sometimes you see your neighbor doing well, or you have a family member who's bragging about the results and you think, wow, I'm missing out. So it's that rule of scarcity comes into play. And I'm seeing a negative corollary to that is when you have a market that goes down, I had a client call me the other day going, oh my gosh, Bob, my neighbor said he's down $3 million. Am I down that much? And I'm going like, what do you mean down $3 million? Well, how much does he have? Is he a billionaire? If he's a billionaire, he's down $3 million. So what? How much money does he have? Well, I don't know. Well, what's he invested in? I don't know. I'm like, why do you care? Right? The only thing that matters is what you own, and you got to understand why you own it. That's why you need a great financial advisor to keep you on track to get to those goals. That North Star is that financial plan. And when things get tough, guys, just like in a fire, you break out the axe, you got to go up there and break the window, pull out that financial plan, keep yourself on track. Hey, hope you're enjoying episode 102, Pain Points of Wealth. If you like our content, you love it, you wait for it every week, please give us that five-star rating on iTunes. Leave us a comment. We love comments. You can actually give us questions if you go to bebullish.com slash questions. We'd love to answer your questions. We'll do it here right on the show. And if you're on Spotify, give us a like. If this is on YouTube right now, please like the episode. You can subscribe to our channel, click that notification bell so you can be updated every week of all our new content. Your support gives us the ability to continue to do this podcast. You've been great with your support. Please keep it up. All right, so hidden facts of finance, random financial facts that may surprise you or even shock you. All right, Bob, John Deere and company has 50 autonomous tractors and its global testing fleet, but intends to ramp up commercial production next year. I think autonomous driving is coming. I'll tell you what, autonomous tractor, man, I wish I still had my big yard. I'd buy that in a minute. Well, at least I wouldn't have to delegate it to the landscaper to do it, because you know, I don't cut grass. I was going to say, Chris, I don't think I've ever seen dad do any sort of landscaping, any sort of lawn work, any time in our youth. Bob's like equivalent of doing landscaping is was picking up the phone and calling uh, someone to delegate it out to. The master delegator is Bob Payne. Right. Why do it yourself when you can pay someone to do it for you? <laughs> That's why we're not handy at all, by the way. Hey, guys, time's valuable, right? You got to figure out how much are you worth an hour. That's why none of us in our family are handy at all. I don't think I can even use a hammer. 100% not true. I am very handy, I will say. Anytime you guys ever need anything fixed, you always call me. Don't forget that. I think the milkman was handy too. So I don't know, Chris. Ooh, that could be another episode altogether. I guess that's why I'm better looking. <laughs> All right, Chris. Money funds are now paying a lot more than bank savings accounts, which yield an average of 1.09% according to bankrate.com. Fidelity's tax-exempt money market fund may be the best bet if you're in a high tax bracket. It pays 1.75%, which is the equivalent of getting 3.43% if you're in a high tax bracket. That's not bad for money just sitting in cash. Yeah, well, you know what, right? That's all well and good, but you know, you can get close to 6% on a tax-adjusted basis in a municipal bond portfolio. So I think it's still better to keep your money invested long-term rather than sit in cash. Cash is trash. And also be sensitive to taxes, right? Even if you're getting 3 or 4% on a CD, well, you might be better off 3% just in a tax-free bond if your tax bracket's high enough. Remember, it's not what you make, it's what you take. All right, Bob, 
Renewable energy could account for 60% of power generation in Western Europe and 35% in the U.S. by the year 2030. That's only like seven years away, up from 35% and 23% today, respectively. Ironically, high fossil fuel prices are the biggest reason that energy producers have the ability to fund the energy transition to cleaner alternatives. The world's oil and gas companies are on pace to generate $1.4 trillion of free cash flow this year. Ironically, they could be the ones that fund alternative energies. Who would have guessed? Hey, Rye, you know, is it any shock? Corporations are run by some of the smartest people in the world. When they see an opportunity, they seize it. That's the reason why I always invest in common stocks, you know, in the equity market. I believe in ingenuity. I believe in people running companies who always want to better their own interest first, and that's by moving the price of the stock up. Energy companies are all going to be replaced somewhere in the future, but not in the next three to five years. That's why you got to have energy in your portfolio. Lots of capital gains coming in and dividends are being increased. Good place to be right now in your portfolio. And I wish I could buy some of that paying capital management stock. Well, ironically, Exxon could be an ESG company in the next couple of years. So it's just amazing how things can come with unexpected outcomes. You know, guys, I spent a lot of time on charitable boards with religious communities over my career. And a lot of times they wanted to be in socially responsible portfolios, but they underperform. So what we decided to do is invest in everything, right? Invest in gaming, invest in tobacco, invest in defense, and take that extra money and focus on your mission and do good that way. Because I got to tell you, we wrote letters to companies and they don't care that you're not going to buy their stock. Their you know, responsibilities to their shareholder. Make money and then do good with the money you make. There you go, Bob. I like that. Very uh, progressive view. Chris, fund companies are now earning quite a bit in fees on assets they hold in money market funds. Schwab, for one, generated $132 million off money market funds in the third quarter, up from just $29 million a year ago when the company had to issue waivers to compensate for ultra-low money market yields. It's incredible how much yields have gone up in the last couple of months. Well, it just goes to show you that for the rest of us, us average people, cash is trash, but not for the big investment companies. They're making it a profit center. Own bank stocks. Don't get bitter. Get better. Well, I'll tell you what right now, guys, you look at the major banks, look at the major wirehouses. You know, if you're not paying attention, they're going to stick your money in a money market fund that's paying one basis point or 1% and hope you don't notice. They only give you the current rate, which is available if you tell them or if you threaten to leave. It's amazing the profit center that cash is for these companies, and it's your own darn fault if you're not paying attention. You can get 3% in the money market right now. You can get 4.5% in a six-month CD. Don't let the banks take advantage of you. Move your money. That's the only way to get their attention. That's it. Inertia of money. It's a real thing. All right, gentlemen, another great show. Hope you enjoyed our podcast, episode 102. If you like our content, love it. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Leave us a comment. Go to bbullish.com slash questions if you have a question that you want to ask Bob, Chris, and I. And if it's on Spotify, you can like it. If this is YouTube, like this episode. You can go to the subscribe button and that notification bell to be updated every week of all our new content. That's it for this week. Stay loose. Thanks for listening to The Pain Points of Wealth. Hopefully, you found the ideas discussed in this episode valuable and useful for your own financial journey. You can find out more about Bob, Brian, and Chris's firm, Payne Capital Management, at BeBullish.com or through the contact information found in the description of this episode in your podcast player or app. Join us next week for another episode of The Pain Points of Wealth, brought to you by Payne Capital Management.
Information provided on today's show is provided for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Oh,